0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 104 of the Big Planet Accomplished Podcast. Snowstorm edition. (laughs) Oh, hey. What's going on, you
1: guys? (laughs) Uh, Coming to you live from whatever this snowstorm is called.
0: (laughs) My name is Kevin. Reggae snowstorm. If you're still listening to this podcast. No.
2: <laughs> what, yep. if, what if i are not Nick? listening hey what's what your name i'm jared uh,
0: yeah yep if, if you're not listening my name
2: is kaiser Sose.
0: spoiler <laughs> alert
2: uh did, yeah speaking of did you see that that fan theory that uh kaiser Sose at the after the end of usual suspects runs off and becomes the the bad guy in seven
0: no but sure yeah whatever I believe it. I believe anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. Then he goes Then he goes to K-Pax
0: <laughs> and he goes home. Yep. And then uh, and then he becomes president. Is he president in that show?
2: Vice president, I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't watch House of
0: Cards. It's good. Um. Yeah. So this is episode 104. We're probably going to try to make this a short one considering that it is, it is
2: snowing like snowstorm. crazy outside. It's currently
1: snowing. I'm afraid for my
0: life.
2: Yep. So uh, if you guys have power in the next few days, you should listen to this. If not, nice knowing you. If nice not, snowing. you know, Hey whatever go to starbucks
1: <laughs> go to starbucks charge up your phone and listen to this with their wi-fi
0: <laughs> go, go to dumb starbucks it's closed already though oh already yeah oh that was amazing oh boy yeah oh well uh they got closed because of uh health like violations, health violations?
1: Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, so good
0: uh so what have you guys been up to what's been going on Drip, drip.
1: um <laughs> what nothing. have i been up to nothing Getting ready for the snowstorm. I went to the Baltimore Aquarium. There we go. Oh, I yeah, love right. I That's love actually. the Baltimore Aquarium. It was nice. I saw Did some you jellyfish. See dolphins. I saw, I saw some dolphins.
0: Did you see the Twelve O'Clock Boys? Yeah. What? Oh, what? I guess, didn't <laughs> I talk about that last time? No. Twelve O'Clock Boys are a gang of uh, people who ride dirt bikes in Baltimore, and uh, you're not allowed to pursue. People on dirt bikes with a police car, so they just ride around and nobody (laughs) can do anything. Why can
2: you not do that? What what kind of a weird rule is that? Fast?
0: I I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just considered too dangerous. There was a similar thing here where you can't pursue people under the age of thirteen. Do you remember? You guys remember kitty car thieves a couple years ago? (laughs) Nope. Uh, Kids were stealing cars and crashing them in the (laughs) houses. I remember that. I Uh, know that
2: they were specifically like a young gang or whatever.
0: Yeah, but there's a documentary called Twelve O'clock Boys. Uh, I rented it off Amazon and it's (laughs) totally awesome. Awesome, and it's nice. great. That's pretty great. It's about a little kid named Pug, who's twelve years old, and it takes <laughs> place over three years. And he is trying to join the twelve o'clock boys gang. Nice. Wow, it's like The Wire mixed with um, whatever that uh, BMX or not BMX. Did I say BMX? Uh, dirt, it's dirt bikes, dirt bike bandits, uh, dirt bike bandits? bandits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's great. It's really good.
1: Nice. Uh, well, I didn't see them. <laughs> you <laughs> you might have.
0: Yeah. Did you see those sharks that like swim around you while you oh, walk yeah. down? That's the best part of the yeah, whole movie.
2: Awesome. Yeah, they're pretty pet of
1: manatee. No I didn't. Okay. <laughs> uh and then I went to I went to the Hard Rock Cafe and then I went to a really good sushi place called Kiku Sushi. It was really good.
0: Do they have is Hard Rock Cafe do they have like uh like uh, memorabilia there? Yeah, they like, like Planet Shakira's Hollywood. Shakira shirt. Shakira's shirt. Wow. Uh, <laughs> some dude from Black Eyed Peas Jacket. All oh right. uh was it Apple D app? No, <laughs>
1: Keep naming him. What are the uh, other white uh, Wyclef <laughs>
0: Sean. No. <laughs> no, wait, no. <laughs> I thought uh, you were joking. That would uh, be an amazing name. Proz. Oh, pros. <laughs> uh Wait, it's Apple D App, Will oh, Yum, Ooh, and yum. Um, Fergie. Fergie. Isn't there another
1: There's one? There's another one. Sarah
0: Ferguson. <laughs> there
1: is There's one, one more, right?
0: Uh yeah.
2: Are there four? There are four. Oh, boy. There were three. Macy, was,
0: Macy Gray. I think it was the fourth one. The fourth black guy. Macy
2: Gray. Oh, boy. Uh, Where he's just like selling his clothes to try to make some money. Yeah. yeah. I like the guy Apple D App, though. I think that's, that's a, a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah. He
0: should go into showbiz. That's a weird thing to name your kid. Yeah. Yep. Well, that sounds all right. Yeah, that was all right. It was fun. Yeah. What about you, Jared? No idea. Move on. Oh, okay. Well, I've been deathly sick. Oh, that's right.
2: You yeah. were not doing so good.
0: Yeah, I'm still not great to be honest. Let's let's be honest today. <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe space. Uh, yeah, but so I've been you know playing Animal Crossing and watching. I did watch some of the Olympics. Oh, me too. Yeah. They're great. I hate dogs and gay people, so I'm loving these Olympics. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> um, oh,
1: controversial.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <little> boy, <bit> controversial. <laughs> Way uh, too
2: honest, Kevin.
0: No, but they uh, but the Olympics are kind of interesting to watch. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Did you guys watch the opening ceremony of the Olympics? Nope. Yeah. It was a pretty crazy. <laughs> it was really insane. Yeah, it was really insane. It was and kind they, of awesome, but they kinda of glossed over some stuff and there was like a big history oh, like, of Russia, right? It was the history of Russia. It was right? history of Russia. Yeah. It's like,
2: and then from nineteen thirty two to thirty eight, we all hugged each other yeah, and were happy. It was like
0: uh and then uh yeah, like uh I think it goes black. And then and then they're like, and then we rebuilt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But uh, oh, it was really cool. It, like was, the, uh, it was pretty cool.
1: The projection thing that they had was oh, i got to watch bad. it now.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth going back and watching that. And Did um, they have uh, Cossacks murdering Jewish people? <laughs> yep. They were all dancing around and <laughs> throwing red ribbons out of their chests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Jeez. laughs> and uh, the Black Eyed Peas performed. <laughs> Apple was the there. It was did,
2: great. They, did they act out killing the Romanovs? Or? Uh,
0: yeah, the Black Eyed Peas did. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That'd be amazing. Will IM came out. He had on a big... Um, uh Rasputin beard.
2: <laughs> Fergie
1: Fergie was Anastasia. She was Anastasia. Oh my God. Yeah, and, and, from the
0: movie Anastasia. And apple
1: the apples Bartok the
0: bat. <laughs> it was great. Famous Russian uh real life person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is Bartok the composer Russian?
2: I think he was Hungarian. Oh, let's In be honest. This something. is a safe space.
0: Uh, cool. I say Hungarian. I think that's I think that's about it. News. Breaking. Yeah. Uh, by the way, true detective the best show on television. I really need to watch that. Um, to watch and that definitely watch it. Uh, there was a really long uh, tracking shot at the end of the last episode that was pretty amazing. It was like 10 minutes long. And I saw somebody post, they were like, why don't people do more of this in uh, comics? And I was like, well, uh, you know, just read The Great War by Joe Sacco. It's basically yes, the
1: same that's thing. a good point. Oh, I, I did watch uh, a, a movie called A Field in England. Have you seen that?
0: Oh, was it good? Yeah. I really want to see it. It's pretty good. It's the same guy that directed the movie Kill List that you yeah, told me about. Oh, it's
1: got, um, oh man, God, who's in
0: it? Uh,
1: Julian, Julian Moore,
0: Julian Barrett from Barrett. Mighty Bush, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, really? I've got wow. it, I've got that director's other movie at home to watch called Sightseers, the one that Edgar Wright produced.
1: Huh? Oh, right, I saw that too. That was great. Was it great. Oh, yeah. cool. I watched both of those movies this week because I saw Kill This, and I was like, I got to watch these other movies
0: all by a director. You don't you don't remember his name? Uh, oh, duh, I forget. Is it is. Johnny England or is that <laughs> Johnny, Johnny English? No, or is that that movie?
1: <laughs> is that that's the movie with uh, Blackadder
0: in it? Uh, yeah, oh, uh, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah, <gets> I, <laughs> I actually watched some Black, Black Adder Oh, Sh- well, Black-,
2: Sh- Black, Sh- Adder's, Black Adder's good. so good. Black Adder's is good. Uh, okay, well, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> oh, and I saw the second season of Sherlock. I watched all those in like two days.
0: Oh, it's uh... so good.
2: And oh, okay, so sure. Not good.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely both of those things. Yeah.
2: The Hound of the Baskervilles was, uh, but the rest were
0: amazing. Oh, the second season. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The third season's kind of a mess, too. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. but the first episode's great. Anyway, uh, that's yeah. what, what we've been watching.
2: <laughs> Big Planet Comics TV and movie podcast. Yeah, you
0: guys want to do some news? Yes, yeah, sure. sure. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: this just in. Marvel announces a lot more of this. <laughs>
0: Uh, with this description of this Cyclops book, is seems really dumb.
2: All right, here no, we go. It sounds amazing.
1: So uh, the new, <laughs> there's a new Cyclops ongoing series coming out Written by Greg Rucka It's about young Cyclops Like the one that traveled into the future Going on adventures in space with his dad
2: With his dad there's His dad's his, his with, Corsair, the, with the Starjammers the Star They're like a pirate Oh, they, they
1: appear at the end of this issue of uh, All New X-Men Spoiler alert Oh, oh I haven't oh. read that yet, so <laughs> <Yeah>. thanks <laughs> <That growing laughs> Spoiler alert um, Yeah, it looks, it sounds kind of awesome Especially
0: because Greg Rucca's writing it I was like, yes yeah, Rucka seems like... Has he done X-Men stuff before? Nope. No, I don't think so. Uh, that'll be interesting. that no, pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And then uh, they also announced Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, starring Shang-Chi, written by Mike Benson and drawn by Tang Yang Huat of uh, X-Men Legacy.
0: Shang-Chi, not just on artificially weathered t-shirts anymore. Now in his own series. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Finally. That's only a mini series, but whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm going to save this one for last. Uh, Image announced a Chu revival
0: crossover. <laughs> cool just what everybody's been the weirdest thing
1: so half the issue will be done by one creative team and the other by the other which is it's
0: weird is it like the guys that do chew are going to do the revival half and the guys? is that really what it is yeah yeah. oh that's that's fun that's interesting it's it's like a seven inch where people cover each other's songs yeah right it's
1: weird yeah um And then the most important news on here, I think, is that AMC confirmed it's developing a Preacher TV series with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who uh, did did This is the End. They're producing. Yeah, they're not starring in it. (laughs) No, a lot of people people are like, oh, man, he ruined Green Hornet. I'm like, producing, producing. Seth Rogen is Cassidy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Evan Goldberg is, uh, who knows? Who even knows who that is? Yeah. I know he co-wrote Superbad. Yeah. I think he was one of the cops in Superbad. Oh, was he? Right. And uh,
1: Breaking Bad writer Sam Caitlin is going to be the showrunner, which is pretty exciting. That's Anything cool. involved in now Breaking that's,
0: Bad? That's not the main guy from Breaking Bad. That's Vince no. Gilligan, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon will also have some kind of part in the production because they own, they own yeah, the rights. Yeah,
0: it'll say created by.
1: <laughs> they own the rights, so they're, so they're going to be kind of involved.
0: Well, cool. uh, so uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So how much... How much do you think they'll they'll make this like very Hennessy or do you think it'll be kind of they'll try to play it a little more straight? I would Probably, I think yeah. so because like
2: it's kind of dated in some ways. Like, it sure, was like our, our space is like about
0: yeah. like that kid that supposedly shot himself in the face while listening right. to heavy metal music and stuff like that. So, yeah,
2: right. and um, you know, it came out in the 90s when Cobain shot himself. You know, it's just stuff that was more cultural touchstones then that now would be kind of weird, especially I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Ennis does a couple things well in Preacher, and one is like his goofy like like dick and fart jokes or whatever. Yeah, but then uh, the other thing is, you know, these characters are great, have like a pretty great, great arc. And, yeah, yeah and, like yeah. especially the stuff between like uh, Cassidy Tulip and uh, Jesse. Jesse Custer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, hopefully, if they can focus on that stuff and make it cool, it'll be a good TV show.
1: Yeah, hope so we'll see.
0: Cool. Well, that's our news.
2: Wait, wait. Oh, J. Jared
0: has some news. I do. Uh, the other thing
2: I did sort was uh, Sunday, we had Yumi Sakagawa in for a signing, which I think went really well. Uh, she was really cool. So thanks for coming, Yumi. She was really nice. Thanks, thanks for everyone who stopped by. Uh, we actually bought a bunch of her mini-comics, so people picked them up at the show, or the, her show, her appearance. Uh, so we have a few of those left. If anyone didn't get them, they're really cool. And then on Saturday, this coming Saturday, Gregory Benton is doing his tour and is appearing at our Bethesda store for his new book, B Plus F. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh, and that'll be 4 to 6 p.m.
0: And then uh, we got Box Brown coming in May.
2: Yep. Oh, On his so Andre exciting. the Giant tour, which should be amazing. So And, if you guys wanna... oh, and uh, Pat Alessio is actually going to come with him. So we're going to do a double signing. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. If you guys want to see me, I'm going to be at Smudge Expo.
0: I'm Are have you going to there? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have some mini, mini comics yes. and prints or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it's in March at some point. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be there. <laughs> Smudge Expo. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's it that's it that's it Kay. all right we'll see you guys next time <laughs> on the big planet comics podcast uh, we don't have any questions this week so we are going to go straight into some reviews let's do it we love comics they're swell except when they're written by scott Lovedell. i prefer important books like louis Riel. it's time for reviews all right, so, yeah, quickly into reviews, because uh, we're going to make this a short episode so we can get out of here and just, not be in the snow. I just
1: want to say one thing, that that song reminds me now that Scala not writing any books.
2: It's mm-hmm. great.
0: Oh, yeah. Didn't we talk about that last week?
2: Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's worth bringing up. It's uh, just exciting every time I remember. <laughs> we should have an update every week. Still yep. not writing Scott
0: still not writing any books. Uh, all right. So up first, we have The Bunker, number one. This is put out by Oni Press uh, and written by Joshua Helfiakov, who wrote Echoes and uh, one issue of a Green Lantern series. <laughs> and uh, Tumor. And Tumor. Yep. That was Which also him. good ones. Yep. And he's been writing the Ultimate stuff recently. Yep. And uh, the art in this is by Joe Infernari, who drew Marathon, I believe, Yep. and also uh, is a cool guy because we yeah. had him with the Activate people at the store a while yep. back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Bunker is a comic about a group of people in their twenties who go to build to bury a time capsule, and uh, when they get there, uh, they find this bunker that has all their names on it, and mm-hmm. then they go in and they find all these notes from themselves from the future talking about how they need to change what
2: they're doing or they're going to basically destroy the world. Yep, a brilliant high concept uh, with some really good characterization. Uh, These are obviously, like, best friends who then are confronted with how their future selves think things will end up and how they, like, hurt each other and how their relationships change and stuff. So it's kind of that time paradox thing, like, how would you change things if you knew what was going to happen? And yet you can still still see some things unraveling based on how they do it. And I thought it was great yeah uh, they sure. they have flash forwards or flashbacks, however you look at it. great show from, from the future uh right. kind of following like the notes as they're reading the notes, showing like people in the future writing them, and crazy stuff happens,
1: yeah, there's crazy twists with each character and like. What they where they are in the future and
2: what they are it's pretty cool and how their relationships with each other have changed are pretty major. It's not just like yeah we don't hang out anymore. And one of the things quite, is, whoa.
1: is like them just reading these notes has already started changing. That's what I was quite
2: curious about to see like because the notes in this bunker are there specifically because like you have to change this or we'll be doomed. So right. I'm curious if this does mean things are going to change or it just is altering it but they'll still have huge problems.
0: Yeah, I think the depressing ending to this will be that everything will be exactly the same. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought it was really well done. Uh, so some of this was in the f- a free
2: comic book day book. Is that anyway, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, they've been doing it on- online as well. I yeah,
0: think. but because so. of that, this is a very long issue for yeah. for a regular cover price of three ninety nine. So uh So a cool story. Very dense. Yeah, very dense. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, cool art from Joe Infernari.
1: Infernari. Yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot. It's really very stylish and very different from anything you... You see, I kids. loved it.
0: So yeah, cool. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool first issue with a really cool concept. And Lots of uh, twists
1: and a really crazy twist at the end, too. That's pretty cool. Several.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a really creepy face at the end. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that is Bunker. Highly mm-hmm. recommended. Highly highly, highly recommended. Uh, up next, we have Buzz. Buzz. This is a graphic novel, also, I believe, from Oni. Yep. Yeah. Oni's got a good showing this week. Uh, this is written by Ananth Panagaria. Yep, nailed it. Sorry, uh, and with art by Tessa Stone. Yes, and uh, this is a comic about a world where spelling bees are way more important than they are in the <laughs> regular world. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this one uh, basically the idea is that like when you spell in a spelling bee, you are able to manifest words as kind of like a Scott Pilgrim like video game attack on your opponent, and so uh, spelling bees have become also like a kind of street fight show off. Yeah, there's like Step a, up to dance maneuvers. thing. There's
1: illegal, like, like uh, spelling bees where people get, like, hurt and killed. And yep.
2: Stuff. Uh, in the alleys before they go to school and compete in the real spelling bee. Uh, and so, like, it's a kid who gets involved in this but is also trying to be recruited into the official spelling bees, which, of course, are much more nefarious than just a straight-up, like, educational challenge. There's all kinds of, like, backstabbing and, like, plots and people cheating and stuff. It was really weird and really, really funny.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I like the matchups. I thought they were all. All the matches are pretty exciting and fun. And I don't know, it's good. I, I, the, the main kid is pretty great, and uh, his relationship with the uh, the other kid, the other main kid, who's kind of like a bully, is is pretty. Yeah, you
0: pretty mean funny. Webster and his sister Miriam? Yeah, oh,
2: that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Which is there, a there's some crazy puns. It's in a dumb joke, but here. it's but yeah. it's
0: funny too. Uh, mm. Yeah. It, the action was crazy. Uh I like that it's uh they set it up like sort of a tournament structure yep. and uh, right. you know each section kind of focuses on a different uh battle or whatever. Uh the art is really dynamic and interesting. It reminded me of Corey Lewis a little bit maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh with a little bit more of I don't know, like a webcomic y Meredith Granny kind of thing going on. Yeah. With it. But uh yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the ending was a little flat for me, the way it was resolved. Um there's kind of a mystery with their parents, oh, and right, the way yeah. that is wrapped up
2: is really weird. But a little strange.
0: But yeah, but overall, I thought it was yeah, a really fun book. Yeah, because
2: like a book. big part is like the sister is always kind of like trying to keep him out of these things, and so it's yeah. a big reveal. As this as is, the is such a sports on. manga. It's so
0: fun. That's like, true. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she, uh, um, Webster is supposed to like stay away
2: from spelling bees, and they're yeah, not good for like, you. But, like,
0: don't you remember what happened to our parents? And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Which
2: is awesome, because we need more of that in mainstream American
0: comics. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun, and definitely worth checking out. All right, up next, we've got... This is going to be like a 30-minute podcast. It's going to be great. (laughs) uh, We've got The Fuse, number one. This is written by Anthony Johnson, uh, who also does Umbral at the moment Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Wasteland. Mm -hmm. And uh, Artness is by Justin Greenwood, and I'm afraid I don't know who that is. It might be new. It might be a new
1: Wasteland or No.
0: Uh, no, the guy who drew Umbral is the guy that oh, translates. Okay. Space Land. Yeah. But, uh, this is a comic about cops in outer space. Cops in outer space.
2: Uh... Like Outland.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's, the description in the back is pretty cool, like where he, uh, the... Anthony Johnson talks about how he's like, oh, well, I really like, um... You know, Judge Dredd, Sherlock Holmes, Mammy Vice, Alien, Star Wars, Homicide, Law and Order, Wire, The Killing, and The Bridge, and I kind of wanted to match those all up together. That covers
0: it pretty well. Um, <laughs> Law and Order does not belong on that list with those other things, but anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. get Order's the kind of procedural stuff. But yeah, it's definitely not as good as the other ones. Um, and basically set it in, it's a procedural set in space. So it starts off with uh, somebody getting murdered and then cuts to uh, a new guy, coming to this space station they called the fuse which it looks like a giant fuse <laughs> um and he's coming to just join the police force from germany um there's a lot of weird kind of uh, world building like
2: cultural stuff but it's very yeah. s-
1: subtle and kind of slowly building up it's not like everything's not
2: explained you for don't you. get info dumps it's you're like okay like, so this guy's it's...
1: coming from germany i guess and then uh he's going to the space station and he's he gets partnered with this old lady cop um, he's kind of like a, like a badass old lady. He's <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of weird. Um, she's Russian. Right. Yeah. And then they're trying to solve this murder that happens as soon as he gets off the, uh, off the ship, somebody gets murdered right in front of him, and they're trying to solve it. And, um, and it gets bigger and bigger as it goes along. And there's like, uh, I yeah. don't know. The, the people are getting murdered are cablers, right? Yeah. They're, like, people who yeah. live in, like, the tunnels and stuff. But
2: yeah. That's the thing that's good about this is kind of following the new German detective in that you get to see it. Like, he's so out of his element, like, his assumptions about how things work on earth don't work up here and like they're way underfunded and he's like well let's just check all the security fa- footage and like they don't have enough money to put cameras everywhere and he's like well let's just do that and she's like we're the only people who have the resources to do this and so it's a very good introduction to like how the station's set up and like kind of the groups and stuff and there's still like things that he doesn't understand that we don't understand so i think it's
0: yeah i think they do a good up. job too of setting up like a couple mysteries in this one yeah. is like who's killing these people yep. but the other one was like um you find out that this guy asked to be assigned to this position, right. and that's a thing
2: that people <laughs> never do. Yes, yeah, sometimes kind of like they want to get away from it. Either her. people are getting exiled or they're, like, hiding out on the station because yeah. you don't often go back from it.
0: Yeah, so 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 uh, I thought it was a cool first issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sets up a lot of stuff, and uh, definitely worth checking out.
1: Very much more of a of a cop thing than a, than a sci-fi thing. Yeah, it reminded yeah.
0: me almost of, like, Total Recall or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very a very noirish
2: over sci-fi. Yeah, and
0: when I say Total Recall, unfortunately, I was talking about the new Total Recall, which is like <laughs> kind of a cop thing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is Fuse Number One. All right, up next we have Insect Bath Number One. This is a <laughs> crazy book, you guys. Wow. But uh, this is by a bunch of people. But the kind of the ones that stood out to me were uh, Sammy Harcum has a thing in here, uh, Matthew Thurber, and then there are just a bunch of other people. We'll have a full list on the web page. But uh, what would you call Insect Bath? It seems like almost like a little bit of a tribute to like the old EC horror stuff.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like a horror anthology. But um, a really, really weird horror anthology. Yeah, but
0: and it has that little bit of a framing thing that kind of is like maybe like the old like uh, the thing, those comics that uh, Steve Ditko did in the 50s right. and stuff. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, there's like,
1: like a cryptkeeper, vault keeper type person. Yeah,
2: there's a little commentary at the back in one of the stories that it, they said that it was done with uh, whoever, who's the other guy on this, uh, with Dylan who was, uh, who's was he, um, what's the the publisher out of <laughs> Portland? Oh, from Sparkplug? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he and Dylan, was it, God, What's was his last name? Uh, whatever. The two of them were going to do this together, <laughs> and then Dylan died. And so this is kind of like him trying to finish it up. And they said, we wanted to make an underground horror comic book. And that's basically what this is. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's kind of like jam anthology Crazy. But it's a very
1: like uh gross out indie um, horror comic. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, I don't know what that means exactly. But some
2: of it's gore, some of it's like intellectual craziness. But the know. Matthew Thurber one is so insane. And yeah, it,
0: most of this is pretty insane. And it goes <laughs> on a really crazy. Oh, Jason Miles. The end. That's the other guy.
2: So Jason Miles and Dylan. And some of it feels like it's based on an actual
1: conversation, which is pretty funny. I don't know. It's it's such a strange thing.
0: The one that stood out to me was probably the um, the. There's a Sammy Harkham one in here. That's just a couple pages, but I don't know. It, 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 I love Sammy Harkham's art, so it had a nice like little balance of creepy and cool yeah. Art. I
1: definitely like that. Uh, I also like the one about the guy uh, getting peed on turns into a a god of some sort. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's it's weird though because I feel like this is a thing that was almost certainly like meant for me. Yep. Yeah. But uh but I wasn't that into it. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, I
1: only liked a few things in it. I did really like the Matthew the Thurber one. Yeah. Uh it's just so weird. And the last
2: line cracked me up for some reason. Who did the nightmare one? Is that Harkum? Uh, Harkum was the woman was on the phone. On, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was
0: great. That was great. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's insect bath. It's a really weird, me. a really <laughs> weird book, but, uh, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dylan Williams, I think <laughs> Thank is who you. you were talking about. I could <laughs> not remember his last uh, name. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, sorry. I was spacing out over here. Uh, th- all right. Up next we have the mercenary sea. This is a new book from image again. Uh, and this is written by Kale Simmons with art by Matthew Reynolds, two creators that I'm not familiar with knew, or,
2: yeah. newish,
0: but, uh, yeah, but I thought, this was uh, this is kind of like a high seas adventure.
2: Yeah, this is uh, very much Corto Maltese, Indiana Jones, 30s adventure in the Pacific.
1: A little bit of King Kong in there. Yeah.
2: Um, except it's uh, Reynolds style is kind of like an episode of Archer, but with more black and white. So it's a very sharp line it's cartoony style, but yeah. flat, but with lots of grays and shadings in it.
0: Yeah, it's very... Computery in a way like it yeah. definitely looks like uh archer in that it looks like it was kind of made in adobe illustrator yeah um <laughs> but but not in a bad way and not not yeah, to do and, a disservice to and it. he
2: also does the coloring on it so it works really well we'll have like a scene where they're going through the jungle and suddenly they're surrounded by people and yet he fades in the dark like they're all silhouettes but he has like darker and lighter silhouettes of gray to show like depth and that it, he does a very good job of it but it's mainly this crew uh kind of you know Typical multinational crew all together for mysterious reasons who all have strange backgrounds and why have they fled to the Pacific and they're kind of on a ship and out, you know, fighting pirates and searching for lost treasure and whatever. They're mercenaries. Yeah. But they're also
1: kind of, uh, at the
2: same time, the captain or the main guy. He's looking for a reason. Yeah,
1: the leader is kind of looking for a a missing island of filled with treasure and monsters and stuff. Yeah. It's It's got dinosaurs. dinosaurs Yeah. yeah,
2: There's a flashback where the natives are talking about like, Oh yeah, that crazy Island. And they have like a flashback where the Roman soldiers getting eaten by dinosaurs. They're like, that place doesn't exist. But, uh, and then you've got, you know, this is right before world war two. So there's like, uh, you know, the hints of Nazis and Japanese people running around, military building up, and then there's like a Chinese warlord who's after them because they double crossed him too many times. And so it's a very pulpy, fun style, but very modern feeling for just the older setting. I thought it was fun. Yeah,
0: was yeah, fun. I thought it was fun. It didn't blow me yeah, it didn't away. Blow me no, away yet. but uh, I definitely think this is Jared's kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. definitely had a it's very true. distinct
1: art style. I hadn't seen in anything.
0: Um, I, th- yeah. I think if you're a fan of like Court of Maltese stuff or, yeah. or stuff like Half Past Danger, that book, uh, yep. I think I think you'd probably yeah. be pretty into this. Definitely. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got the Royals, Masters of War. Oh, I yes. I think I didn't realize uh, that this was a vertigo book yeah <laughs> that's it that's vertigo it's rob
1: williams like the guy who sings that song
0: oh from matchbox 20 <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: uh from matchbox pizza emporium uh mm. and yeah so what does rob williams write he's written a ton of stuff uh
2: was class war his first thing oh maybe he of,
0: wrote some x-men stuff as man, well and um and the art in this is by simon colby who's got kind of uh kind of like a jay lee andrea sorrentino ish style yeah maybe michael lark all those things uh yeah so so basically the royals is about um a world where people with royal blood have superpowers
1: yeah yep um i i i think I, and I, it's set
0: in the middle of their world war war Yeah. and i yeah, it's at
1: 1945 yes. jared and i both thought that uh this book would have been better like like maybe five or six years ago. <laughs> it feels like a little bit like since I'm reading Uber, I'm kind of like, uh, well, I've already reading something about super powered guys fighting in world war two.
0: I, I did think though that the, the, so basically this, this focuses mostly on the British Royal family Yep, right. and, uh, They have like a couple members. There are some weird things in this. Like the more inbred you are, the less powerful you are, which I think is pretty interesting. So a couple members of their family basically have no powers, but there's some. So uh, the younger generation is born, and a lot of people assume they're not going to have any powers because uh, some of their, you know, like uh, their father doesn't basically. And so this is during World War II, and it seems like there are a lot of. there are a lot of, like, pacts between nations, basically, that these royal people with superpowers aren't going to get involved in international conflicts like World War right. II. Uh, but these kids decide—and uh, when I say kids, I mean they're in their, like, teens, early
2: 20s. But basically emotionally kids because they're— royal family yeah yeah exactly with their lives
0: um they they decide to get involved and uh it's pretty crazy
2: yeah so the opening scene is the the prince uh literally jumping out of a british bomber over germany without a parachute to land and just like destroy things and fight other superpowered people uh and then it flashes back to why they're actually got to this position um yeah so it had some really cool like like the research on all the planes and like <laughs> the great, stuff was yeah. really cool, and you know some good, you know, overly ostentatious uniforms and parties back in Buckingham Palace and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think so, the best parts I liked, yeah, were with the kind of the family stuff with the the crazy drunk brother and the, and, who have, and uh, the dad who they out of stuff. And,
0: <laughs> I actually kind of like the concept in general yeah. I think is interesting because you know this idea of royals is that they're like descended from the gods or whatever yeah, anyway right. so like like uh, that's kind of a little poke at them and then you know they're all basically useless um, right. so yep. so this kind of gives them a purpose right. and uh, I, I'll be interested to see some of the sort of uh, interplay between the different countries so hopefully yep. the other issues will uh, focus on some, some other families and stuff as and well and this or... is
2: just a six issue miniseries so I imagine it can have a pretty apocalyptic ending if they want to build up to it so
0: yeah this seems like the kind of that it almost should have just been released all at once or something. Yeah. but uh, but you know, it was an interesting first issue. It's yeah. not. This isn't a Vertigo book on the level of you know Fables or yeah. Unwritten or yeah. something like that. But it's it was still interesting. Yeah, I think this probably would have been a Wildstorm book if Wildstorm was still around. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Up next, we've got She Hulk number one. This is written by Charles Soule. Uh, who is writing so many things now yeah, I, this is like his eighth book or I know one. but he's writing uh swamp thing but Superman Wonder Woman red lanterns red lanterns Thunderbolts uh, letter uh, 44 yep letter 44 which is fantastic the, the new, new issue of that was so, so good. Good. Really good um yeah and uh by the way shield number one also really really good yep. uh the artist by Javier polito who drew a lot of uh the sort of um run of amazing spider-man the best daredevil yep and uh the daredevil stuff that was really great and uh a few of the uh hawkeye issues recently Mm -hmm. and javier palito is awesome uh he's like a marcos martini type guy but uh she hulk number one is about she hulk working at a law firm and basically she feels underappreciated so she smashes up their expensive table and quits (laughs) well they basically almost force
2: her to get fired. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're
0: jerks. Yeah, they're jerks. She's underappreciated for sure. And uh, she she don't like it. And uh, so she kind of leaves and, and gets wrapped up in this case with this woman uh, whose
2: husband died. And uh, was basically a supervillain who uh, claimed that uh, Iron Man had stolen his... Supervillain year and made it into a lot of uh, wealth for Tony Stark. Right. Yeah, so the majority
0: Company. of this issue is is uh, Jennifer Walters, who is She Hulk, uh, as a lawyer trying to get through the uh, bureaucracy at Stark Industries right. and talk to Tony Stark about this case she's taking. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really funny, and it's uh,
2: also full of action and like trying to outthink you know robots and lawyers and, and, the, like, and,
0: the, and the and the
1: the the law stuff is great in this because, as we know, Charles is also a lawyer.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so it's very well written in that in that respect. Like, uh, it's if it seems like genuine. Yeah. Like, you know, it feels like real lawyering. <laughs> like, this is these terms all seem like something I don't know. But I'm like, this sounds, this sounds right.
0: <laughs> and uh, Tony Stark's uh, law team is pretty funny and kind yep. of yeah. evil in their own way. Yeah, they uh, amazing. Just basically, uh, I don't want to say too much about this because I think everybody should read it and uh, enjoy it. Yeah. And I'll say The End is Awesome and sets up what should be a pretty great series. Pretty good. And yep. uh, everything in this is really good. Uh, Javier Polito's art is amazing. The Center Spread has one of the best uh, panoramas layouts I've seen in a mainstream comic in a long time Uh, and the whole thing is just incredible
1: yeah on a side note also the Dan Slott She-Hulk got collected it week, did. Which is also awesome.
0: And, yeah, if you're looking for, like, if, if you read this and there, and you want to read some more She-Hulk, that's, like, the other best She-Hulk that's ever yeah. come out. The John Burns, old John Burns stuff is fun, too, but uh, the dance lot stuff and, so far, this are the best She-Hulk comics of all time. There you go. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got Snowpiercer, Volume 1, uh, The Escape by Jacques Loeb and Jean-Marc Rochette, who are the guys that uh, do Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: who do the original Snowpiercer. I was doing some research on this. There was, like artist who died got replaced by other guy this is the first volume of three the second and third one have art by somebody else it's all crazy crazy like maybe the writer did layouts i couldn't even figure it out
0: but snowpiercer uh if you've heard that name it's because uh it's there's been a very sort of controversial movie that's uh spent a long time in production um but uh this is about a giant train that travels through a post-apocalyptic wintry landscape Dun dun
2: dun! Dun, It is a thousand and one carriages long, and as the story goes on, you get the background filled in, which is basically that when the apocalypse happened, everyone piled onto this train to escape into the snow and you know plow through the snow with this super train. But uh, the people who got on at the beginning of the train were all up in the nice, you know, the dining cars and, like, the civilized sleeping cars. And then at the back, they had the cars where they, like, had food and, like, cows and stuff like that. And just people panicked and started piling on the train. So they ended up with a bunch of extra refugees that they hadn't planned for at the back. And through the years that this train has been traveling... Uh, it's developed into a class system with the original people at the front of the train being kind of like the elite rich people who are well fed and the back of the train just being like a barbaric anarchic society where people are like killing each other and fighting over scraps of food. And the opening scene is two of those people from the back of the train breaking out of the train, climbing along the top, and then breaking past the barriers into the nicer parts of the train where... Uh, the rich people basically have lost all touch with the, the savages of the back and just have no idea how bad things are back there. Uh, and then the, they, they say we have to take these prisoners up to the front of the train and interrogate them. So then you meet like all the different bits of civilization and sections of the train that have kind of broken down into like factions and tribes and it's great. Feudal it's, states it's, and, uh,
1: it's like this, it's basically like, a um, kind of almost like a road trip thing, like yep. where these people are escorting these prisoners, but it's all on one train. So they're escorting them from one end of the train to the other. And it's super, super long. So they go through all sorts of stuff. They go into one part that's like a greenhouse. They go to a place where they're growing like synthetic meat. The ones where like
2: um, the soldiers are based. The... Yeah,
1: one where there's like a whore, whorehouse. And then there's like one that's just like religious zealots. And they're trying to make it to to basically meet, the, meet up with the president. Um, and uh, there's a plan in action to kind of separate the to get rid of basically the the uh, the poor the poor people basically who are at the end of the train because um, the train is now starting to slow down yep. and they, there's too much weight on it so they want to get rid of a bunch of train cars. Um, but yeah, I love this so much. Yeah. So Proloff
2: is the guy who escapes from the back and he quickly meets up with a sympathist who believes that they should, you know, a kind of bleeding heart who thinks that we need to go and help the people in the back. And of course, everyone in the rich part has really no idea how bad things have gotten, right. but she becomes kind of like his companion and, uh, they both go forward and just, it, you know, it's a lot of class commentary, but also like sci-fi ideas about how society would change in such a small right. bit of humanity left and. I don't know. It's full of action and, like, uh, betrayals and, like, twists and crazy sci-fi bits of what each cabin they come into is like and, like, what parts are really under control and who's, like, manipulating things and what's really going on with the train. Yeah, there's a
1: lot of cool mysteries set up, like... um you know, they're like, Well how come all these people why how come this train was ready to go when the yep. you know, when this when all this happened, when the whole entire world
2: froze? Yeah. Like, and like, why was
1: there this train built to go through the snow and which added and, enough
2: food and how's it still working and like who's in charge of this? And, and there's
1: like a synthetic meat machine and like all this crazy stuff. Um yep. It was awesome.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of cool mysteries and it's fun
1: and great and has a really crazy ending and and then I, I have no idea how it,
2: the, what the yeah. next thing will be about, but I'm excited to read it. But yeah, book two will be out in English very soon, too. So yeah, it's the
1: first time it's been translated, I should in say, English, since yeah. 1985.
0: Is actually. the movie this first book,
2: that's or do what we I know? know? That's what I don't know. I, yeah, I have so. no idea. It, it will work as a good I'm excited thing, about the movie because no it's uh, Jun
1: Bo- June Ho Bong or whatever. The, yeah, the, the guy who directed
2: did, The Host, right? The
1: Host and uh, Mother,
2: which are both really good. Awesome. Well, uh, well that's Snowpiercer Volume 1. Yes, and the art was cool too. Super,
0: super good. <laughs> uh, up next, we've got Winter Soldier number one. This is written by Rick Remender, who uh, wrote um, uh, Sea of Red and <laughs> yeah. the art <artist>, Strange Girl, <laughs> yeah, and Strange Girl, um, and Blackheart Betty, um, Blackheart Billy, Blackheart oh, Billy, boy, uh, and uh, no. right. yeah. Rick Remender is writing Deadly Class and. Uh, Black science. Uh, and Black Science right now. And Uncanny and, Avengers and, unc- yeah, and Captain America. <laughs> yeah, just those. Uh and the Art in this is by Roland Bosch. Who is Roland Bosch? I know who that is.
2: Oh sorry, Boshi. Is Boshy. it Boshi or Bosch?
0: Uh Boshi.
2: Eye on the front. I'm Boshy looking for her. a protocol droid that can speak Bashi It's <laughs> Boshi. There's um, an eye on the end. Oh, okay.
0: Uh I'm he's bet. drawn a bunch of stuff. But uh yeah, this is kind of uh, so this is called Winter Soldier, but it's almost more of a Nick Fury book in this first issue.
1: <laughs> yeah, it starts off with uh Nick Fury and uh, another agent basically going most
0: importantly in 1966. Oh yeah, in the agent in the 60s. And his it's like Nick Fury and his uh an an agent named Chen, I believe.
1: Yeah, and it's very much like a Bond kind of adventure. They're uh they're going to break into uh a castle and uh, Castle Hydra, not castle, just any castle. Castle Hydra. <laughs> um which has some interesting characters inside of it and uh basically Chen decides he's going to he's going to work his way in by by seducing this woman um and getting her to to lead him into the into the underground caverns of uh of uh the castle where they're they're trying to they have they've, they've kidnapped these uh scientists to basically build them an mach- uh, alchemy machine that'll make them gold and rubies and uh adamantium or whatever Help destroy they whatever the world, whatever they need yeah. as usual um yeah, and then Winter Soldier shows up. Yeah, Nick, yeah. yeah. Nick so, Gary
2: yeah. is going the much more traditional sneak in, stealthy, explode with weapons kind of route. So, there's some uh, good contrast of the two styles and like the two of them kind of competing in to be the best sneaky spy guy. And then lots of fighting with Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, so I feel like this whole issue is basically flavor. And then yeah. what it's going to be is this separate story about them trapped in uh, like the middle of nowhere with the Winter Soldier hunting them.
2: Right. Yep. Which should be pretty cool. Yeah, cuz this issue was really fun.
0: Yeah, it was really good. It had a uh, a lot of spy element in it, but uh also, you know, the uh had a, had a lot of the feeling of the Brew Baker uh uh Captain America yep. run and it a little about, bit of, of crazy uh really 20 comedy
1: too. Yeah. And then a really gross twist, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the stuff with uh, Shen and the and the woman is, yeah, is amazing. And and there yeah, there's some really funny jokes in that part, too. So uh, yeah, a good book. I hope it can manage to keep that balance, although I feel like it's going to get a little bit grittier in the next couple issues. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but definitely a good start. Winter Soldier number one. All right. Just one more book this week. Uh, we probably should have finished with something else, but this was a good comic.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, this is X-Force number one. This is written by Simon Spurrier, who has m- most recently been writing X-Men Legacy. And mm-hmm. Six-Gun Gorilla. Uh, and Six-Gun Gorilla. That's true. And the art, this is by Rakhee Kim, who... uh, He did
1: a bunch of Age of Ultron covers.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, he definitely seems like a guy who is usually a cover artist. But uh, I think his art translates okay to some interiors in this. Yeah, it's all
1: right. Uh, It's a little static, I guess.
0: Yeah, Uh, a little like Ariel Olivetti or something like that. Clayton... Crane,
1: yeah, maybe a little over
0: computery Yeah, the um, co- the color scheme definitely reminds me of Clayton Crane a little definitely bit
1: better than Clayton Crane, but um,
0: uh, yeah, so this is about uh, I guess Cable and X Force is done, and Uncanny X Force are is done, and they kind of merged into one team, they merged into one team, which is Phantom X, Marrow, Psylocke, and Cable and Cable. Psylocke, and is that her name? Yep. Dr. Nemesis. Yeah, is this Dr. Nemesis floating head on the cover? What, what I don't, what know, I don't know what that is on
2: the cover. There's, a, there's a floating head that, that no, hasn't been weird. introduced yet, I think. We haven't got to that.
1: But yeah, I didn't actually know Dr. Nemesis was in there until he shows up and he has a really funny line. Um, but yeah, this was fun. Um, basically, it's Cable and uh, the, 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 this issue is mostly about Mero. Yeah. Uh, and she's narrating it.
2: Um, I liked her a bit. What's she been in before? Anything? She, she was an X Men. Generation no. X, maybe. or She's something. great. She was in some she terrible was... X Men comics in the nineties.
1: This personality for character.
0: her is a new personality. Okay. <laughs> I feel like he sort
1: of. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, she was usually she was kind of a villain. I think she became a good guy. I, don't know.
0: I will say her character. She's a in this is what makes this uh, this comic like really readable and fun. I yeah, don't know.
1: Phantom X is pretty amazing. Well, too. yeah, he's good too. <laughs> it's really fun, and um, yeah, I feel like they all have very distinct personalities. Um,
0: Yep, Phantom X has Gambit's personality. and Pretty um, much.
1: Yeah, he's like Gambit, but a lot more like... Uh, French.
0: He's like Gambit if he was endangered, uh, diabolic or whatever. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but
1: like, yeah, but a little more messed up. But it, 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 there's, he has one really funny line in this where he's like,
2: uh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't yeah, just leave it. Some very clever There's a very clever funny dialogue. Tintin
1: related joke. Oh, yeah, that was
2: great. Um,
1: that I liked a lot. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's what what is it? Like they're basically just going around the world kind of uh
2: They're they're kind of s- like, stopping the idea is that there's like all these mutants who are working for all the governments as kind of like secret agents, and they're like, we should basically be forming our own like strike force that deals with the secret agent mutant side of things. And so they figure out there's a mutant kind of plot power thing going on, and they're like, we need to figure out who's doing this, and that's basically it. So it's kind of like spy. Adventury, black ops behind the scenes yeah, sort of black stuff ops,
0: espionage kind of yep. stuff yeah basically they're like you know if uh we're not a country but we do have interests in the yeah, world and we, and we need to represent up. ourselves yeah. in this sort of silent war that's happening there you go silent and war. um yeah exploding yeah yeah but uh uh yeah i thought it was actually a surprisingly good issue i I loved uh, the the Uncanny X-Horse run, the Rick Remender stuff. Right. And since then, I haven't really got too into the X-Horse stuff um, yeah. that's been coming out. But I think this is a really good jumping on point and, and, and sort of an interesting take on the team. I'm not a huge fan of the art. It's just yeah. I, I tend to like – I mean, if you look at something like She-Hulk, that's more my speed when it comes right. to art. So this can be a little over-rendered at times.
2: But overall, I, st- I still thought the characters had personality. Yeah, they really play well off of each other. They're such good contrast. And like Nick said, a lot of really funny lines. And-
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good first issue. I feel like yep. this uh, this new wave of Marvel Comics has been pretty solid. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, and we still – and uh, Ghost Rider and uh, S- Silver Surfer haven't even come out yet. <laughs> and those
1: are going to be so good. Cool.
0: Well, that is it for this episode. Uh, it wasn't it. as short as I thought it was going to be, but it was – Sorry. Short. It's kind of <laughs> short. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. All right. See you. Bye.